What's up, everybody? Jeffrey DeLappy here, and today on the Sports Kid Podcast, I'm going to be talking about my New York Rangers. So, we got to address it right from the top here. The streak is over. Ten amazing wins in a row, some improbable, some against great teams. And for the first time in a long time, the Rangers finally taste what it's like to lose. I mean, I have to give Columbus credit. They played a hell of a game yesterday. They're a young team. They're a ferocious team. They're not going to be in the playoffs, but they still want to win, and they are hungry. So, in this game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Rangers came out pretty flat and tired, which is usually what you expect off a back-to-back. The thing, though, that really was uncharacteristic of Rangers hockey this season was the turnovers. The turnovers that led to these odd man rushes, hanging Jonathan Quick out to dry time after time. He made some really good saves. There was a stretch save early on where he nearly did a split to save a puck at the um, at his near post. Then there was also one later on where he used his glove to make a ridiculous save. He kept us in this game throughout the you know third period. Columbus was trying to put in the dagger, but Quick stood strong. He wound up with 37 saves. Also, another thing that I have to go out and lash out here is the power play. I mean, yes, it looked good against the Islanders. Yes, we did get kind of a lucky goal of advantage out against the Devils. This power play has not been great. There was an 0-for-18 slide during this 10-game win streak, so something for the Rangers really has to change on this power play. I don't know if it's bringing in new personnel at the trade deadline, which we're going to talk about later. Maybe just mixing up the lines for the power play. Do you send Sabanajad down? Do you send somebody like Lafreniere up? Do you... I don't know. But Peter Laviolette's going to have to address it. And yeah, it was a disappointing way for the winning streak to end. But there definitely were some takeaways from the 10 games that we have to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about Capo Caco. He really came alive during this win streak. He earned himself five straight games with a point. Really kind of saw that third line gel together with him, Will Cooley on the left. Or, sorry, him on the right, Will Cooley on the left, and Jake Brodzinski as the center. That line's looking really good. And like a third line that potentially could be here to stay. Um, They also, on this win streak, beat big teams. Like the Avalanche, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Dallas Stars. Some of those wouldn't have happened without Capo Caco. Capo Caco had, I believe, the decisive game-winning goal, the second goal against the Dallas Stars. Will Cooley had a big goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So these guys are finding ways to get it done when the power play is not working, when Mika Sabanajad's in a slump, when the second line that we've come to rely on so many times this year has an off game. The third line has been there to save our bacon. And the other thing that we were all praying for was Igor Shosturkin's incredible play. He is finally back to his old self, it appears. Whatever it was, it probably was Jonathan Quick getting those starts. Shosturkin unusually having to watch from the bench game after game as his much older counterpart was you know, getting the nod. And 
just like that, Igor had a shout-out against the Flames, picked himself up throughout that Isles game and played better in it, even though he gave up five goals. And now, three games in a row, he has allowed just one goal. And I have to say that it really is all Igor. His defense is doing him no favors. It seems like every game we are being outshot. Every game we are allowing 40-plus shots. And it it truly reminds me of 2022 Igor, that majestic playoff run. He had a 79-save game, one playoff game. It's kind of just like all Igor. And he really did have some of the best saves of his career. I will stand by that in that Dallas Stars game. The one with the outstretched stick, that is going to be one of the highlights shown on MSG Jumbotrons for future generations. Right now, we see Henrik Lundqvist, some of his glorious saves, the ones that took the world by storm. Igor Shosturkin is building a highlight reel, and some of those highlight reel career saves have come on this win streak. And then the final thing across this glorious win streak that I wanted to talk about, I mean, how could you not? is particular that fourth line duo. Edstrom, Rempe. Those two guys, what a job they've done. Edstrom, more technical-wise, I think he's done a good job of giving us good ice minutes, you know, generating chances. He finally did get lucky enough to get a goal uh, yesterday, first one in a while. And, of course, Matt Rempe. I mean, there's not enough things to say about this kid. I mean, first of all, physical, most physical guy we've had in a while, probably since Ryan Reeves. He fights like a champion. He really does. I mean, he, you gotta say he has balls. He is a 22-year-old kid that's going up and fighting against grown men. And these are things that we're seeing on the MSG broadcasts. They're talking about this in warm-ups when they're at the blue line. This is not like, you know, some heat of the moment thing. He wants to fight. He wants to put his body on the line for all of his other teammates, to get them excited, to get them amped up, and ready to play a winning style of hockey. I mean, you saw it yesterday. He lost that fight. He had a bloodied and bruised face, and I'm sure it's even worse looking today. But he he just has the drive to do it, and I mean, that's such an amazing quality. Not many guys in hockey are like still smash-mouth players like that. He's really just an animal. And the other thing that we've noticed from watching him play is that he's become a threat. He has become a scoring threat. Around the goal, he is so big. He's six foot eight, two hundred forty pounds. The goalies cannot see through him. They can't see around him. So either he's going to have to start, you know, learning the trade from Kreider to get some tip ins, or he's gonna, you know, knock the puck down kinda like we saw against the Flyers and, you know, get a shot off. So he's becoming a real threat. Scored against the Flyers yesterday. He had the assist on the uh, Adam Edstrom goal. So I think he's a fourth liner that is really making a case to stay. Depending on what the Rangers do at the trade deadline, there may not be a spot for him. But I tell you what, it is not the worst case at all if Matt Rempe winds up being the fourth line starting right winger. Or fourth line right winger, I should say, when the playoffs come around. But, you know, while we're on the topic of playoffs, we got to talk about what are we going to, you know, want moving forward. There's only going to be 16 guys, 16 forwards, that is, or sorry, 12 forwards, 
when it comes to playoff time. Our defense, our defensemen, I think it's set. I think you got six guys that know what they're doing. Most of them have been here and played playoff games for us. They're set to go. The forwards, though, it's not so cut and dry. So I think that the big focus that you obviously point to is the right wing position. It's been a problem. It still is a problem. First of all, as much as I love Mika Zibanejad, as much as I love Chris Kreider, that first line has not been great. Mika Zibanejad, for one thing, five goals in his last 24 games. <sighs> Unfortunately, the drafts have become more prevalent. He did have a incredible goal in the stadium series. He did have a goal against the Flyers, but still five goals in 24 games. That can't be the stat line from your number one center. So obviously Mika Zibanejad is going to stay there. He's the guy. But what could help him get back on track is adding a new right winger. Could it be Vitrano? Could it be Tarasenko? Those would probably be my top two picks. They've been in the organization pretty recently. Vitrano a couple years ago. Tarasenko last year. Another bonus if we were to add one of these players is the depth. You can't predict injuries. You can't predict fatigue or what's going to happen in the course of 25-plus games to go here down the stretch before playoffs, but you need some depth, especially not having Blake Wheeler, I think, hurts. A true vet, a true guy that's been there, had stories, kind of towards the tail end of his career, has a ton of insight to provide to some of the younger guys. So you could use somebody that's been on a playoff run. That is a big reason why I would love Frank Vitrano. He was such an instrumental guy when we went all the way as such a young team to the conference finals. He was a part of that. He knew what it was like to eke out close wins. My mind is drawn to the overtime games against the Penguins. Game 7, I mean, he's battled it out here at the Garden. Tarasenko, you could say, necessarily hasn't gotten the playoff success with us. We did lose our playoff series when he's here, but he still has familiarity with the system. Either one would be a good option. Then the next thing that's being widely circulated is the center position. I've seen it all over Rangers, Twitter, all over the social media. Goodrow is abysmal. And you know they're right. I think he has, like, what, one goal this season? One or two? His defense is a plus. His penalty killing is a plus. But you can't have such a gaping hole. We just talked about Rempe and uh, Edstrom making the fourth line look alive for once. And you have to make sure that you're putting out four lines that can be dangerous, that are scary. You can't have a gimme line that teams are going to point at and say, oh, we're going to walk all, all over them now. Which brings me to, you know, the guys like Adam Henrique, probably by number one if you look at what he's done this season. He has 16 goals, 22 assists. Just a whirlwind away from the likes of Barkley Goodrow. Pinto, four goals, six assists, not the same kind of crazy production. He does do other things, though like winning draws. Um, but you also have to factor in what the Rangers are willing to give up. They're obviously not going to give up guys like Perot, who they just drafted 18th overall. No. Um, we're going to be giving up more along the lines of Zach Jones and draft capital. And you have to think that Adam Henrique and Vetrano, while the Ducks are sellers, those are two high-end guys to trade for. So the Rangers may not necessarily be willing to dish out that much, you know, assets, especially when we just had a 10-game win streak. So clearly the lineup we have 
is clicking in some fashion. So they're not going to go crazy getting these guys. But if you can land uh, one of them, either combination, pair, for a reasonable package, do it. Bolster this lineup as much as you can. Talked about in the last Rangers podcast I did, the window to win a Stanley Cup is not forever. It's usually four to six years in an ideal case. So when you can win, you have to do everything in your power to make sure you do win. And yeah, in the near future, the Rangers will be meeting up with the familiar opponent, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, they are so annoying this year. They really are truly annoying. They are 2-0-1 against us, five points out of a possible six. I remember the second game of the season very well. We come out against the Buffalo Sabres, very first game of the year, look lights out, score five goals, look like a team that can truly make a Stanley Cup run. Then you go out and lose to the projected bottom feeders of the Metropolitan Division. By the way, they are the bottom feeders of this division. Columbus Blue Jackets are sitting in dead last. Yet they find a way to beat us, to torture us. They torched us in that game, second game. They torched us last night. And honestly, they almost beat us at MSG. It took late heroics from Lafreniere to get to salvage the win in that one. So this team is just feisty against us. And you know that tensions are going to be high. The Rangers are going to be looking for revenge. Do I think the Rangers will get their revenge? Hell yes. We just got bullied against a bad team. You know, Peter LaViolette will not take that. The players will not take that. Igor Shosturkin, red hot coming in to the crease at his home. I think we're going to come back and have a nice, sufficient win. I think you got to look for particularly the third line to get something going. Like I said, they've been the hot line as of late. They kind of got shut down last night, so I think that they could maybe produce a goal. I'd look to... Definitely Kreider for some tippins, do for one. You know, we should get this win. One of the biggest keys to doing that is something I saw mentioned a ton last night, stopping the Russian line. This trio of Voronkov, Chinnikov, Marchenko, yesterday they combined for 11 shots on goal, 2 goals, 3 assists. Quite a day for those three. We're going to have to find a way to stop them. And yeah. It is definitely an interesting time for Rangers hockey. We're going to see what they do as the trade deadline approaches. Hopefully we go out and start a brand new winning streak in a couple days against Columbus. Until next time, I have been Jeffrey DeLappy. I appreciate you all for listening.